Welcome to Child Free Chats, a show where we chat about all things child free. The good, the bad, and the thank God I don't have kids. This show is dedicated to those who have chosen a child free life, and some topics may be sensitive for those who are on the fence or who are childless, not by choice. This show is not suitable for children. everyone. Welcome back to this episode of Child Free Chats. I normally do something a little strange and random at the beginning of all my episodes, but today I'm so excited because I have with me Brian Thorpe, founder of Wealth Tender. Hi, Brian. How are you? Doing great. Thank you very much. Good. If you don't know what Wealth Tender is, you are lucky because you are about to find out. Today we are talking about finances. And before you roll your eyes at me, parents aren't the only ones who need to look at the future. So Brian is going to help us feel a little bit more confident about our money decisions, right? Absolutely. Perfect. Okay. So first, before we get into anything else, tell us about Wealth Tender. Sure. I spent over 20 years working for a large corporation, global multi-manager, asset manager, and had the opportunity to do something more entrepreneurial and started Wealth Tender, which is a website that's focused on helping connect consumers with the best financial advisors, financial coaches, and personal finance resources for their <clears throat> individual needs. And so essentially what we're looking to do is provide a broad range of education and resources on the website. We have hundreds of articles and guides to help people feel more confident in their everyday financial lives and also connect them with the right resources that they're looking for if they would prefer, uh, whether they prefer do-it-yourself resources or would like the, the, to work with a financial professional like an advisor or a coach. Okay, cool. Okay, so what made you decide that you wanted to help connect people with financial advisors or financial coaches? Yeah, great question. So when I worked for the, the large um, global company that I worked for was named Invesco. And a lot of our focus was working with financial advisors. And that continues to be a big part of the focus for Wealth Tender. Um, but what we're also looking to do is help people no matter their income or stage of life. And we recognize that there are a number of people who may not yet be ready to work with a financial advisor because perhaps they are focused on building an emergency fund or getting out of debt. So investing their wealth is not yet a priority or even a thing perhaps. And they're more focused on aspects of their financial lives that a financial coach may be better able to assist with. And then beyond that, we have uh, several hundred personal finance blog and podcast owners who are featured on the site. And that's an important element as well, because many people, when they're first starting out, are looking for online resources. Yeah. So we wanted to help connect them to the best resources, whether they're truly do-it-yourselfers or just getting started and looking for education before yeah. moving on to working with a financial professional. Yeah, true. And it's so actually, I'm glad that you said that because I did that. I spent so much time yesterday flipping through, going through the website, and it actually was really helpful for someone like me who I haven't jumped in yet. And it gave me um, 
a lot of just extra tips even before I make that commitment. So I was like, oh, well, this is really cool because you think that you <clears throat> are going to go look for a financial advisor and you feel pressure to all right, right. pick one. Here you go pay the money and you're just kind of like before you know this whirlwind's happening and you have no idea what you're doing with your money anyway so i liked the website because it was very user friendly and kind of gave me some i felt like i knew what i was talking about while i was going through the things i'm like yes i understand that yes that makes sense to me so that part's really cool good yeah i appreciate that one of the things that we're really focused on is the human side of money and investing you know there are robo advisors more automated services yeah. and those can be a great tool for people that find that to be valuable mm -hmm. uh, but what we wanted to do was also recognize the the human help and i think what you recognized as you were looking through the directory is there's a, a blog out there a personal finance podcast for just about everybody and communities of people that have gravitated towards a particular blog or podcast mm -hmm. because they really identify with the other people who are a part of that community. Yeah. And the same holds true with the financial advisors and coaches that we have featured on Wealth Tinder, where you can really get to know them as an individual and mm -hmm. have the opportunity to feel more connected rather than just feeling intimidated when you pick up that phone and think, okay, I'm calling a stranger and I don't know what to expect. We're really yeah. trying to make it a much more comfortable initial con communication. Yeah, cool. Okay, so while I was going through it, and I know I could have Googled it myself, but I didn't, um, what is the difference between a financial advisor and a financial coach? Great question. So we're predominantly focused in the United States. A lot of the insights, articles, guides that we have are relevant to people globally, um, but specifically with the financial advisors and financial coaches, um, we're, we're really looking at it through the lens of the U.S. regulatory landscape. And financial advisors within the United States are registered. They may have various licenses or professional designations, but the best way of thinking about a financial advisor is that they are going to help you generally build your wealth and with financial planning and ultimately providing advice. Okay. It's that advice element that is what requires them to be regulated. Okay. Whereas a financial coach in the US could actually be just about anybody that's simply offering financial education. And as long as they don't provide actual advice telling you specifically what to do with your money, but rather providing Hi. education, and ideas, then they don't necessarily have to register. So it's it's a pretty black and white line, but as yeah. you can imagine, it can get gray in a hurry if a coach inadvertently oversteps a bound and yeah, um, makes a, a recommendation, which would be crossing that line. So you do have to be yeah. careful. Okay. So then as a first step for someone, um, because I've never spoken to any kind of financial, which please don't judge me, but I haven't. Sure. Um, for someone like me who has no idea, would you recommend a financial coach first or a financial advisor first or one or the other or both? Yeah, I think it really depends on your circumstances. And we do have resources on the site to help you understand who might be the best type of financial professional or educator for you, okay. and depending upon your unique circumstances. And I think it really just depends, but maybe a general rule of thumb, you know, if you are focused more on getting out of debt, uh, more focused on just building an emergency fund or life skills as it pertains to money management, learning how to build a budget, for example, and, okay. and live within a budget, that's where a financial coach is really going to be okay. of greatest value. Cool. Um, whereas for a financial advisor, 
Um, you will find a, a wide range of advisors. I know some people feel intimidated that you need to have $500,000 before you right. approach an advisor, but we've got a lot of great advisors on Wealth Tender that have alternative compensation models, whether it's an hourly fee or other arrangements that are much more affordable. And so it, again, really just depends on if you are looking for recommendations and how to invest your money versus perhaps more education on how to live within a budget and, and working on your kind of money, overall money skills. Okay. That makes sense. I do like the different kind of um, uh, payment type of options or, or the, the accessibility, I guess you'd say sure. for people in different budget ranges, because that would be one thing that I think some people would go, okay, well, I'm not doing so great with my finances, but I also don't have extra money to throw at yeah. someone to tell me what to do with my finances. So I do like that you have that option there and you have a wide range of people who can cater to different, yeah. um, wherever you are in life, I guess, as far as your finances go. So that's pretty cool too. And I saw something that you also have, um, is it like different philanthropies or charities that you kind of work with that are also helpful for people who maybe quite don't have the finances to be able to pay those retainers or pay those high fees? For sure. So we do have an area of the website that's focused on nonprofit um, resources and free or reduced cost help. It's an area that we're really interested in growing out more fully so that we can truly live up to our mission of helping people no matter where they are, income yeah. or stage of life. And have a, a number of nonprofit organizations that are featured in the nonprofit and reduced cost directory currently available and looking to ramp that up certainly over time. Okay, cool. That's I'm, I'm big on philanthropy. So I actually really, yeah. love, I love that. So hopefully that builds for you and everyone else. Um, what, okay. I know that people have a lot of the same questions that I have. And for a lot of people, money's kind of scary, you know, and it can be very stressful if you're an individual, it can be stressful if you're in a couple, but what would you say are some, um, some myths or maybe some things that we believe as a general public about money that maybe aren't true and shouldn't scare us so much? Sure. I, I think one of the biggest challenges in society in general is exactly that this fear of, you know, money for the very reason that, you know, many people we've grown up surrounded by it and it's been such a big influence on our lives. But generally speaking, um, you know, most countries, the educational system doesn't do a good job of financial literacy or providing education around general money skills. So it's understandably intimidating. Yeah. But one of the things that I think can make it, you know, much more approachable mm -hmm. is recognizing that you're not alone in that mindset. And, and okay. so to answer your question, I think that's one of the things is that a lot of people feel like, gosh, I should know a lot more. And I think everybody else knows more than me. Yeah. But in reality, um, we're all in the same boat. There, there's a very <laughs> small percentage of people that really have that natural knowledge or have gained the experience. And again, I think that's why you see such popularity amongst many of these personal finance blogs and podcasts, yeah. because it's something, whether in your own bedroom, you can approach it very anonymously and then mm -hmm. choose to become a more known part of the community. But I would even mention that many of the personal finance blog owners that are featured on our website remain anonymous. And oh, cool. they've, you know, just themselves kind of walked in somebody's shoes where um, they've followed along and seen other people achieve success with money matters. Yeah. And through that process, they've 
gained their own comfort to share their own story with others. And it starts to become this um, uh, flywheel that really benefits more and more people that come into that community to benefit from what they, the insights that they share and then those of the community sharing their own. That's really cool, actually. It's kind of like building awareness. And I do like saying, like, you're not alone. You know, every time I think yeah. about it, I'm like, surely I'm the only one going through this. Like, I must be the most uneducated financial person on the planet. But you're right. It's not just me. <laughs> I'm not special in that way. And there are a lot of people who have the same concerns that I do. Oh, well, that just made me feel so much better in that. It, <laughs> that in itself, I'm done here. <laughs> um Okay, so I want to go back to you because you mentioned before um, things like debt. And I think that's something that comes up a lot because people think that child-free people just have all this extra money that we are swimming in, right? Like, surely we, <laughs> we have the Lamborghinis and the seven houses and everything, but that's actually not really true for a lot of people. There's still a lot of us, child-free or not, who are dealing with debt. So... What is, I know you can't give us advice, but something, <laughs> <laughs> something that you might say um, to point us in the right direction for helping us get on top of our debt. Sure. Yeah. Well, I, I think again, you know, child-free or otherwise, it's just a fact that, you know, the majority of people have some type of debt, you know, whether it's a, a house that you own in a mortgage or for so many people, student loans that, seem to just never go away or yeah. credit card debt that can be a real burden. And certainly not having children can be a benefit as it pertains to being able to hopefully, you know, pay down those debts sooner. But at the same time, you know, in the, the United States, as an example, there are a number of benefits and tax credits that you can receive when you do have children. And, mm -hmm. you know, where we just went through COVID, there were a number of benefits yeah. and Again, you know, that it's always with friends that have children versus those that don't, yeah. um, you know, an argument in a hopefully a playful way as yeah. to the, the pros and cons. Um, but I would say, again, like one thing to just recognize if you are child free with debt, that, you know, again, you're, you're not alone. And um, if other people uh, feel like, man, you guys have it so easy and, you know, my wife and I are, are child free as well. Yeah. And. Um, you know, because you don't have this added burden from a financial perspective or, yeah. or expenses, um, hopefully you can pay down debt sooner. But at the same time, um, you know, everybody has the, the same types of challenges they have to overcome and, and situations that could involve any number of factors beyond children, you know, whether it's, you know, unforeseen medical care that required yeah. more of a burden than what children might be, or maybe um, you're child free, but everybody has parents and maybe you're, you know, caretaking for your parents that comes with a burden that's put you in a position of having incremental debt. So, you know, without knowing the, the details of anybody's individual circumstances, it's tough to just single out child-free people yeah. as being, uh, you know, having it easy. Having, right? Yeah, being special. <laughs> right. <laughs> we all have our own reasons for why we may go into debt. Maybe somebody's as children, someone else's shoes. I don't know. So, <laughs> So yeah, you and your wife are child-free, which is so awesome. You guys get to um, travel a bit, which all the rest of us, I'm sure, are jealous of. We'll get there one day, don't you worry. Um, but how do you feel like your decision between you and your wife to be child-free, did that shape or form your financial planning for your future together at all? Yeah, great question. So my wife and I were both married a little later in age, so kind of in our early 40s and had already um, 
largely made the decision individually that mm. we weren't at this stage in life going to have children. So it was easy when we came together to just kind of continue on that trajectory. And, and so from that perspective, it certainly helped. Um, and then in terms of just thinking about our, our own financial planning, um, I will say, uh, you know, we don't currently have a, a <clears throat> excuse me, a house that we own outright. But one of the things when you are a homeowner, you're paying a considerable amount of taxes. And within those taxes, a considerable amount of that is going to pay for the education of other people's children. Right. So <laughs> not having a not having a mortgage takes that burden off, uh, you know, child free people. But uh, mm-hmm. hey, for those with children, you know, don't say we didn't do anything for you. <laughs> there you go. That's our contribution. <laughs> That's right. Um, oh, I love that. But, you know, beyond that, you know, it, it does uh, make it nice to have more disposable income and, mm-hmm. and provide the opportunity for travel. But I think you do have to be very care- careful as a child-free couple that, you know, that benefit of not having forced um, savings or, you know, whether it's for college education for your children or forced spending that has to be truly um, budgeted and perhaps create this better discipline mm-hmm. in your money management because you want to do what's best for your children when you don't have children to worry about. Yeah. Uh, there is that risk that you could be more inclined to truly put that disposable income to disposable things instead of focusing on an appropriate allocation of that to long-term <laughs> planning towards retirement. I feel like you're talking directly to me right now. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I'm guilty of that. I'm not a very, like, I'd say that I'm probably like an average budgeter. Like I'm not bad at budgeting, but I'm also not great at it. And I do throw money into those things that maybe I don't need. So like for someone like me, why is budgeting so important and and how can I be better at it? Without advice. Uh, sure, sure. <laughs> well, I, I think, you know, one of the things that budgeting can really help accomplish is just to um, gain clarity around just how much disposable income you're allocating to certain areas, which upon evaluating what that looks like after putting it on paper or in a, yeah. a spreadsheet or one of these many online tools, it often can be a bit of a wake up call to say like, wow, um, maybe I don't need to be spending quite this much, or maybe I could not go out to eat, you know, one less night a week and look at just how significant that incremental savings, if it's truly put into longer term savings could be towards helping you retire sooner as an example. Yeah. So there are benefits, but there's not necessarily the, um, uh, depending upon how you approach it, that immediate gratification, since what you're doing is um, you know, reducing your uh, joy today <laughs> in order to perhaps retire earlier down the road. But uh, that's one, definitely one of the benefits of, uh, you know, working on a budget. Yeah. So I guess it's kind of like weighing like what's what's important to you here. Like think about the future, obviously, but, you know, like, you know, do you need that extra glass of wine at dinner every time? Or I don't know, like whatever it is. So, but you're right. It is, I think if you've, ever had to for whatever reason um kind of look at your monthly spending or kind of look at where your money really is going and and take out some of those things that aren't really necessary um it's kind of interesting how much money you you can save even with that small step even without going all the way you know cutting out everything fun and you know not doing anything that you ever want to do like you can still find ways to budget and allocate 
a little bit to the fun and a little bit to, or even more to saving towards your future kind of thing. Yeah, and it's so easy today to get a very low cost or even free checking account, saving account, or again, maybe even an online brokerage account where you could put in a recurring $50 a month or some amount that feels very reasonable. And 10 years later, you've got $10,000 sitting in that account. And it, it helps you realize just how significant what feels like an insignificant amount just by cutting back a few extra glasses of wine, yeah. um, if you so choose, could really pay big dividends down the road. Yeah, I've really got to get into that. Like I, I, <laughs> I do it every once in a while, but I'm not very consistent, I think is my problem. So, you know, every couple of months I'm like, yeah, this is great. I can totally do this. And then that goes out the window when I see a show I want to go to or, you know, something like that where I'm going, ah. I got to remember to be yeah. <laughs> consistent with it. And I think my problem is that I always think that it's too late. Like I know that there are kind of a few young people out there that I've seen on like some of the financial Facebook groups that I'm in where they're like, I'm 24, I own my house and I only have, you know, $50,000 in savings kind of thing. And I'm like, what, where did you even get that from? Like I haven't paid off my house and <laughs> I don't have that much money just sitting there in savings to invest. So I always feel like it's too late for me, but I think that I need to get out of that mindset and that it's not really too late. Like I need to start planning for my future like I've got to, but how do, sure. I, how do I get out of that mindset? Like I'm just stuck there. Yeah. No, it's, it's tough for sure, but absolutely. I mean, starting today is always going to be better than starting tomorrow when it comes to your finances and, you know, whether it's the power of compounding or you know, the opportunity, if you're in investing long-term, mm -hmm. um, it, it really can just pay dividends the sooner you start. And that's what you know, some of these people that have saved that much in an early age have done. And there is a balance. I, I think there are some people that take it to an extreme in terms of frugality, where they truly, um, you know, they'll, they'll tell you they enjoy life, but, you know, their definition of enjoying life may be a little different than ours and yeah, striking right. the right balance so that you can get the joy out of today, but make sure yeah. that you're saving sufficiently for tomorrow is a, a great place to be. Yeah, exactly. I think that you've really kind of hit what I think a lot of people want to be able to do is still enjoy today because today is kind of really what what matters right you might not even want to be sorry not to be sure. dark but <laughs> you might not make it until you're 80 so you want to make sure that you're also enjoying your time today while you're making sure that you will be available to have a decent life when you are 80 should you get that far indeed and i think it's also kind of cool that some of the, one of the benefits that I think of about being child-free is that I don't actually have to leave anything for my kids. Like there's nothing to leave behind. So, <laughs> so, oh, that's actually an interesting thought. So a lot of people plan to give an inheritance to their children, right? Like everyone would love to, but as someone who's child-free, that's not something that we really need to be concerned about. So is there some, like, is there a way and maybe a financial advisor would be a good person to talk to about making sure that you basically have enough money for how long you live and not worry about having, you know, a million dollars to leave to your kids when you die. Yeah. So I think you have to be very careful with it because on the one hand, you can do your best to really try and make sure that you have sufficient um, earnings and, and savings to uh, help you live um, throughout the course of your life. And, you know, it may require, certain insurance products to ensure that you have that longevity, or if you're in the US, you know, social security can help, but okay. that's only likely to be a small percentage of what can get you to 
um, that final, those final years, if you do live a, a really full and long life, mm-hmm. one of the benefits, if you do have children, is, of course, that retirement backup plan that they become or you become their problem if uh, you do run out of money. <laughs> there you so, exactly. <laughs> so I think one suggestion is if you do have nieces and nephews, start telling them now that you plan on putting them in your inheritance there you so go. that even if you don't have any money left, they'll feel like they're inclined <laughs> to take care of you. I have to take um, care of my rich aunt and uncle. So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, that's genius. There you go. That's my retirement plan. (laughs) Guilt trip my nieces and nephews. I love it. I hadn't thought of that before, actually, to be honest (laughs) with you. I really hadn't. I was like, yeah, we all want to leave money behind or leave things behind. And like, but why? Like, what am I leaving behind? Yeah, it'll be a good financial lesson for them when they find out that you left them nothing, but they took good care of you for their final days. Yeah, that's your, you know, my thanks to you is what what you get. (laughs) Um. So one thing that I always think of is that I tell myself throughout the year, okay, if I can save X amount of money, I'll treat myself to something, right? So maybe it's a vacation for someone, or maybe it's putting money towards a new car or which actually, by the way, I read the blog or I saw the blog about whether or not you should buy a new car versus a used car on your website. And I'm using it as like, everything from now on like if i ever need a, a new car i'm gonna send it to my husband i'll be like read Perfect. this read this blog just so you know we need a new car not a used one <laughs> no offense to anyone out there who drives a used car that's totally your prerogative but i like new cars and this blog that you have to go check out on wealthtender.com it says that i'm allowed to buy a new car so <laughs> anyway and it's actually written by a nasa rocket scientist no so there's way! credibility behind the the math that goes into it too Oh, that's even cooler. Yeah. You've got some cool people on your website. (laughs) That's actually genius. Okay. So it like is genius. (laughs) Um, Okay. So back to my original question. I think if I can get back to it. Um, For people who have a thing, right, that they want to save towards whatever the big thing is, how can we, because I mentioned before that I'm not good with being consistent, how can we practice being consistent with saving towards something that's important to us while we have to maintain bills and blah, blah, all the other stuff that we do have to pay for. Yeah, I think, you know, the things that you mentioned, you know, saving for a new car or saving for maybe a trip, you know, these are, again, kind of in that disposable, enjoy the moment, and not necessarily down the road. So I think bucketing whatever that dollar amount is that you're looking to save for that product that you're looking to buy, trying to also set aside some type of similar trajectory of savings towards, Mm -hmm. um, you know, true savings that Mm -hmm. while one goes to towards the purchase of that car or the trip that the other bucket is going truly towards your long term, don't touch it, um, truly put it away for retirement planning so that you get in that habit of having a goal that you're working to achieve that gives you that more near term gratification, whether it's the car or the trip while you're also simultaneously getting that gratification longer term of knowing that you've put away for your future. Okay. Okay. Cause my usual way of doing things is put all of the money towards the trip. <laughs> and then I've <laughs> completely forgotten about my real life responsibilities and I've got this great trip and nothing else to show for it. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So do both at the same time if you can. Right. All right. Got it. So one other idea as you are, 
perhaps getting a promotion at work or have the a new job that you start that has incremental income that you're able to take home. Something also to consider is putting a good portion of that aside so that you're not automatically getting the, the lifestyle creep that comes with now I make more so I can spend more, but rather <laughs> investing longer term in your financial future, as opposed to putting it all towards that next car, or the, a nicer car or that next trip. Yeah. It's so funny how much, like, I keep saying it, but it's so funny how we think we are the only ones who do this kind of thing. But you're right. Like, I like the financial creep thing. That's like, that's what I would do. If I got a raise, I'd be like, what raise? That's just how much money I make now. And I wouldn't think, okay, pretend like you didn't get that raise, at least try to for a year or something so that you can save that money. So, okay, cool. I'll have to remember that next time I get my raise. (laughs) Right. <laughs> Whatever that's going to be. Um, so I'm interested in, and again, don't judge me. I want to start investing. And I think that a lot of us, like you said earlier, we kind of worry that, okay, I don't have a hundred thousand dollars just to throw into investing. For me personally, I'm also not a gambler. So I don't like the idea of I have this chunk of money and there's a potential to lose that chunk of money. So is there anything that that you'd say to someone like me or the people out there who are like, okay, I, I want to start or I want to try, but I have these limitations that are holding me back from trying it or from doing it? Yeah, well, especially for people that aren't putting anything into savings or investing um, and perhaps they're spending it more on, on cars or trips. We know that when you put $20,000 to a car or $4,000 to a trip, um, once that trip is over, the $4,000 is gone, right? Yeah. So let's just use that as an example. So if you're worried about putting money into a stock and oh. it going to zero, just think you do it all the time with trips, right? So, <laughs> and you have nothing so, to show for it really at the end anyway. So oh, you have pictures. The memories, so you, yeah. <laughs> So you can do the same thing with investing. Take a take a picture of your your stock that you buy, and if it goes to zero, then you'll know you've made a mistake. But in reality, <laughs> un, unlike that trip that you're you're going on, it's it's much less likely that if you have a diversified portfolio of stocks, or especially if you're just starting out, that you buy an index fund. You know, there there may very well be a pullback in the market, and you know it can be significant. But at the yeah. same time, it's going to be still so much better that you're starting to put away money and getting in that habit of savings and and investing versus always um, putting your money into disposable items that are going to either depreciate like a car or um, have memories, which again, we're all about creating memories, um, but also making sure that we have the the savings and investment down the road too. Yeah. I think that's one thing that I just need to keep remembering. And it, it also goes back to like kind of the consistency and staying on top of it rather than going, all right, that's future Tiara's problem. Like, I'll think about it next year. I'll think about it in five years when I could have been investing. I could have been doing it. And instead I'm like, let's buy another pair of shoes, you know, or like whatever it is. Maybe it's not shoes. Maybe it's wine. I don't know. It could be anything, (laughs) but okay. But but if it is shoes, you know, one of the things that you can do to feel like you're more investing in yourself, you know, maybe if there are shoes that you particularly like to buy and they're a publicly traded company, then put some dollars into that publicly traded company so that now you're not only walking in the shoes, you're investing in them. Holy crap, you just blew my mind. (laughs) That's so (laughs) genius. Why haven't I thought of that? Oh, like I have so many thoughts right now. That's so good. (laughs) 
good. And my husband's like, I'm going to listen to this episode. It's going to be so good. And like, yeah, just you wait. And now, now just him wait. Like <laughs> now I'm being told to invest in Louis Vuitton and, and Jimmy Choo and everything else. Like, here we go. Sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that, but I'll think about it. <laughs> okay. I love that idea. So invest in something that you actually do um, also use or care about really. Cause it doesn't have to be a high-end brand of shoes. No, for sure. Uh, You know, there could be a retail uh, store that you enjoy um, visiting and that you recognize before many consumers is going to be extraordinarily popular. Um, Or maybe it's an online service that is of interest to you and it's being, you know, talked about amongst your friends. Um, That quite often, you know, many people who are customers of, uh, you know, stores and businesses that are publicly traded have an opportunity to get in generally before uh, institutional investors or the quote smart money gets into the investment um, for the very reason that you're closest to it and understand, wow, this is really taking off. And you do have to be careful because it could already be, you know, really expensive. But again, it's still going to be generally a a safer bet investing in the company than investing in their products, which are going to, you know, be a donation down the road in a couple of years. Yeah, totally. It's like a very good example of like doing your research and kind of looking at at your world around you just because you want to get involved in investing. Like for someone like me, I don't have to go and invest in something that has no meaning or no value sure. to me. So that way it kind of does still feel like I'm putting my money into something that I believe in, which is, I mean... I think a lot of people would appreciate that. I don't know why I've never never thought of it. So, oh, I love that suggestion. Thanks. Thanks for that. Sure. And this is why we need people like you (laughs) because you think outside of the box or like for people like me, I'm just very stuck inside of, I guess, what I don't know. So that's that. Um, I like that a lot of things that I've seen on your website or not a lot, but some of the things I've seen on your website just kind of follow the idea of not stressing about Um, about your finances and you've got a lot of different blogs and kind of different areas where you can focus and learn about kind of taking some of the stress out of out of money so I really appreciate that and I really like that and I'd like to to I guess maybe hear more about the stress part that people tend to get into when it comes to their finances. Yeah, I think for so many people, again, whether it's just that debt that can feel overwhelming in the aggregate or just on a monthly basis, you know, mm-hmm. you know I think for, for so many people, the first of the month rolls around and, you know, it's not the calendar you're thinking about, it's the bills you have to pay. And unfortunately, um, that that's just a, a burden that creates stress. You know, we just got through paying these bills and here they come again. Yeah. So, you know, how do you really put yourself in a position so that when the first of the month rolls around, you know, it always stinks having to make that rent check or a mortgage payment, um, but putting yourself in a position where you're, you're not necessarily dreading it. And okay. that stress that, that comes from um, that type of a, a feeling is something that we're really, you know, trying to help people um, reach a point in their lives through education that mm-hmm. they're they're hopefully able to put some money away, feel confident that they have an emergency fund at a minimum, um, try to have a few months, uh, you know, that they can live on if, uh, you know, they lost their job, which is really what yeah. the emergency fund is all about. And again, just having that investment and, and thought process with the plan for the future. And that's where a financial coach or financial advisor can really help you 
feel more confident so that you feel like you truly have somebody that's there for you, that's yeah. guiding you, that when that first of the month comes around or when you're um, worried about whether or not you're going to be able to live a comfortable retirement, they can remind you that you're on a good path if in fact you are or help you get on a good path if, yeah. if you need to uh, make some adjustments. Yeah. All right, cool. I love that. I love that because it's definitely kind of, and hopefully if you're listening, it, it's been that thing where you're like, oh, I don't want to do it. And you needed a sign. Maybe this one is your sign. Cause I feel like this is my sign. I need to actually sit down and pay more attention and do better about it. So I'm going to make a commitment <laughs> to do it for myself and do it for my future. I need to speak to a financial advisor. So I really appreciate you. Um, talking to me and kind of giving me some different things to think about, especially on your website. Like there's different tips and stuff on there that like I hadn't even thought about. So it's actually not as daunting and doesn't have to be as stressful. And as soon as you, like you said, have more of the education around your finances, it can become less stressful. So I appreciate you talking to me. I thank you very much because I actually feel <laughs> less stressed than I even did this morning. And I'm just going to go buy myself a bottle of wine just to celebrate. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not going to do that. Um, but yes, if you are listening and you want to take charge of your finances and planning and you don't know where to start, wealthtender.com, it's, um, it's actually really helpful just to kind of get the ball rolling if you have been thinking about what you should do or where you should even dip your toe in. It is a really good place to start. And there are a ton of you have a ton, right? Like how many financial advisors and coaches do you have on the website? Do you even know? Yeah. So we've got over 300 personal finance blogs and podcasts. And then between coaches and advisors, we now have around 50 and growing um, pretty steadily on that front through the remainder of the year. Awesome. And they're all over the country, all over the U.S., right? They are. Correct. Yes. So tons of different locations in the U.S. if you're U.S.-based, but also virtual Right. One of the things that we're, we've really seen, and you know, COVID certainly accelerated the trend, is the vast majority of advisors and coaches on our platform can work with people no matter where they are. And that, I think, is just the direction that the world is going. And yeah. that also opens the door for people that have particular needs to work with an advisor that could be hundreds or even thousands of miles away that specialize in a particular area that's really important to an individual that they might not be able to find in an advisor who is down the street. So it's a, a new day on that front. Absolutely. And I think that that's probably been um, really great for your financial advisors and coaches as well to be able to broaden their, their reach and sure. help and help more people, you know, because obviously, like you said, there might be someone who needs a specific area of expertise and wasn't able to get it. And now you have that ability to reach that person. And that could be you if you're listening you need someone specific, check out the website. Um, cool. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us? Any other advice or, or last thoughts for people who are incredibly financially irresponsible? <laughs> Me. <laughs> Uh, my, my advice would be, you've mentioned the one article on our website that promotes the benefits of buying a new car. So my task for you is to find one article that talks about putting money into savings. And if you go out and buy that new car, also follow the advice of one of these other articles that provides some good insights on how to put money away for the long term as well. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rolling my eyes, but it's like the kick in the butt that I probably need. So yes. Okay. I will do that. And um, yes, but I actually really do. I'm 
honestly going back to the website because there's a lot of, like you've said, a lot of websites or a lot of blogs that cover different areas in your life. So if you're getting married, if you're single, if you're starting a new job or want to buy the car, wherever you are in your life, there are a ton of um, resources on that website. So I'm really glad that I found you because um, like I said at the beginning, it is kind of daunting and it is really hard to know who to trust or without the pressure just to kind of get into it. So thank you very much for actually starting this. It is, I found it incredibly helpful already. So I hope that you guys do too, guys and ladies, sorry. Um, check it out. There's no obligation to do anything. The blogs are free. So it's wealthtender.com. I'll put it into the show notes. I'll also put it into the original post that'll be on Instagram and Facebook. But other than that, Brian, thank you so much for joining me. And um, I don't know, I guess, can they, uh, your website thing, contact, easy to join and all that stuff, right? Like go on, log in. I don't know how to do it. Yeah, absolutely. We have a weekly newsletter that goes out and it's quite popular. Oh. You can subscribe on the website to the newsletter. And if you want to reach me, it's Brian, B-R-I-A-N at wealthtender.com. And I do think you deserve that bottle of wine tonight. So yes. you should treat yourself. <laughs> Where's my husband? <laughs> All right, cool. All right. Well, again, thank you so much. I won't take any more of your time because you have other people that you need to go and help. I'm sure, but um, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. And um, and don't worry, I will keep your email on hand because I'll be sending you emails if I ever need any advice. That sounds great. Thank you very much. And thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. And for everyone who's listening, thank you so much for checking out this episode. Hopefully you learned something and I'll catch you on the next one. All right, bye.